Hey everyone, Captain Rylan Johnson here. Um, before I get into today's episode with my friend and amazing photographer, Pat Kane, I just wanted to talk about a few things we get into the episode that I've been thinking about after listening back to it. Uh, one is identity. I talk about this a lot. You know, what is the northerner identity? What is the yellow knifer identity? This is a reoccurring theme on the podcast, but I think if there's ever a southern transplant who deserves the title of northern, it's uh, Pat Kane. He's been up here for 15 years documenting and telling people's stories throughout the North, and he's always done it in a respectful and amazing way, and he's, his photo work is just, it speaks for itself, it's really amazing. And uh, I think one of the things that kind of embodies the way that Pat takes his job so seriously and his authenticity so seriously is he started a mentorship program where he's seeking, you know, finding young aspiring photographers in the North and sharing his knowledge with them, and uh, he has, my good friend Mason Mantla is currently doing that program. And I just think this is an example of uh, if Northerner is an identity that you can earn as a Southern transplant, it's not simply a measurement, which is matter of time and experience. It's largely taking on some viewpoints, and one of which is, you know, considering this a community and giving back to your community. And I, Pat's mentorship program is a great embodiment of that, of, you know, taking the skills he's learned and wanting to pass those on to people of the north and I think Mason is you know a perfect person for that he's done lots of good work and then I think there's this other thing for you know us fresh southern transplants to always consider is when exactly should I be competing you know in a capitalist marketplace against a local indigenous person for example you know if I'm a really amazing graphic designer but there's an aspiring local graphic designer, I shouldn't say aspiring, or there's a local business. Uh, should I always be undercutting them, or is that worse? And then this also could be in a case of if you're handing out contracts, I think we should all be hesitant that, you know, maybe you can go down south and save a few bucks in Edmonton, but is that really giving back to the community you live in? And I think at times people view a lot of the work in the north as amateurish, perhaps, and they'll think, oh, well, I can go get this firm in Vancouver to do a better job. And, you know, at times that may be the case. It may be the case that there's simply the education and experience and the talent pool just isn't big enough in, you know, a population this small. But I think one always has to be aware of if you're going to be here long term, what can you do about that and how can you train people and help skills and give back to your community? Um, and I, I also want to be hesitant that I don't think that it is amateurish. I think Pat Kane's a perfect example of that. I mean, he is a professional photographer who does amazing work, and he talks a bit in the episode about, you know, people from New York coming up and doing a photography set and then kind of selling it inauthentically or staging things, or it just doesn't have the proper knowledge behind it. And at the end of the day, that's just a worse product. And I think no matter what you're doing, whether it's art or construction authenticity is important and if you can get local northern talent you know you're probably better off in the long run and so is your community um so that's just something i kind of wanted to say before you listen to the episode and kind of take that in with you uh, i'll play the episode now Check, 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 one, two. Everyone, welcome to the Dispatches from the HMS Scandamaniac podcast. My uh, guest today is uh, my good friend Pat Kane. Pat Kane, welcome to the Scandamaniac. Thank you. It is good to be here. It's a very uh, lovely little houseboat you have. I like it. 
Yeah, the the guy I originally well, the guy who originally made it was Norwegian, and you can just tell like he had some woodworking skills, and it gives that's, it a lot of character. It's yeah, totally. something I could not build, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, so Pat, I kind of wanted to. You're a bit of a B-list Yellowknife celebrity in that uh, you're you're a man about town, and you've been doing this uh, off-grid photo challenge, and that's what we just finished up. You took some photos of me, the boat, jumped in the lake, and we got some few good shots. Can you just uh? Kind of tell me what the off-grid photo challenge or photo project, journal? Project, I guess, yeah. So I've been, uh, I guess since June, May of last year, I've been doing a a series of like portraits and just kind of uh, daily life uh, around the bay and, you know, the Woodyard, uh, Jolliffe Island and houseboats communities and just trying to like uh, give an authentic take on what life is like um, in that, in the community and Basically, I just wanted to document my friends. Yeah, it's yeah. It's one thing that I've never really done. I'm usually on assignment for a very specific story or purpose. And every year I kind of give myself a project to, to focus on that's outside of my work. And this one, I was like, you know, it's close to home. It's all my friends. And no one's really documented this life in, a, in an honest way. Um, so I've just uh, been working at this and picking away and getting portraits of people and hanging out. And it's been a lot of fun so far. And yeah, that's very interesting. It's uh, it's funny because that's basically the point of this podcast is I just want to document my friends. I'm just basically going around the bay interviewing people yeah, yeah. as well. So they, they line up really well. Um, yeah, and it, it is also interesting. I like how you call it authentic because, I mean, we all know there was Ice Lake Rebels and there is kind of a lot of combination of romanticism and stupidity when it comes to the houseboats and yeah and I, I i have no doubt that you're doing kind of a really honest artistic effort to you know make it authentic and for sure i think and it's like you know it's funny it's a little bit ridiculous but it's super romantic too um i find it funny that people want to come to Yellowknife, which is far away from everything and like outside of like the world <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's an isolated place and then become like even more isolated to like get out of like the city itself <laughs> it's kind of like no we're not isolated enough yeah, yeah. we're gonna go like on the bay and be a little bit more out there <laughs> but it's funny i think a lot of people come to the bay and you know they kind of want to be left alone some of them and uh they kind of form their own little community within a community and uh, just it's very charming and it's people are very helpful towards one another. People also get into fights with each other. So it's really like a dysfunctional family community. And uh, it's kind of capturing that. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm very much in a crash course in this in that, like, you know, it's weird ad- identifying what the houseboater identity is, is because like, you know, I bought a houseboat and I live on it, but I've only been here six months and it's like, I'm just starting to get a sense of the politics. And like, I'm even hesitant to call myself a houseboater, you know, it's right. like, <laughs> I haven't, I still got my water wings on. Like yeah. I still gotta, I gotta get, you know, inducted into the group. Yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, a lot of people, and it, you know, that's capturing that too for this project. It's like there are people that are new to it. There are people that have been doing it for a long time. It's a way of life, and just kind of you know asking people and figuring out what what draws people to this lifestyle, right? And uh, and and again, capturing that in a, in a way that's not super phony or like ridiculous or anything. Yeah, yeah, and. I- I, I often wonder, like, why the houseboats exist. And I know people have different theories on it, but it it, it is really bizarre. I mean, like, property have, prices are expensive in Yellowknife, but, like, 
even then there's so much risk in buying a houseboat and then and they're growing like more and more showing up and they're really i think it is the community that is the largest draw yeah and and i think like you you talk to like gary or the snow king or someone yeah old vets but yeah the veterans about you know the wise and and what have you but i I, my theory is that people are generally you know very they like to tinker and they like to like build things and they like to experiment and that's kind of what this city is built on and i think it kind of stems from that that sense of like ingenuity and and gusto i guess to like go out and try crazy shit and then see if it sticks on the wall <laughs> yeah and absolutely. like this this has and i think it just tr- brings in like-minded people they're like that's cool i don't want to live like downtown by bruno's where i live <laughs> yeah, yeah would you ever live on a houseboat how do you feel about that i i would but i'm married and i don't think my wife would she <laughs> yeah. probably just doesn't have any faith in me <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's fair you, you like, have to... we'll sink that thing and it'll be a pain in the ass and we have to buy a boat and it, there's a lot of expenses and it's it's hard work man yeah, you gotta lug your well. I gotta lug my piss off the boat. That's a lot of work. Yeah, you know? you gotta, yeah. you're paddling a canoe and you're it's drunk fun. and it's stormy. Like you totally. know, everyone's got stories of almost drowning or their yeah. house being freezing. Or... I know. I wonder, like, wonder if houseboaters and people in the woodyard keep a journal of like, you know, just their daily life. Like that would be amazing, just to be like, today I had to do this or whatever, and like read <laughs> yeah, someone's diary. <laughs> Yeah, just like a well, I have a captain's log for the boat, and it's yeah. like you know, if I my one of my battery dies, is it goes in there, like just very minuscule things, like for sure, how often I'm changing my composting toilet, or how often I'm checking my voltage, and just all yeah. these different things. Yeah, um, yeah. So, h- how long have you been in Yellowknife, Pat? I've been in Yellowknife for fourteen, going on fifteen years uh, this June. Oh wow! So you're you're a seasoned vet, very much. I, I mean, I, I assume at this point you consider yourself a Yellowknifer, a Northerner, I whatever guess so. the term. I think this there, is there's like home? a cut off, there's a cutoff, uh, or like a certain number of years you have to reach to be called that. I think I make it. If not fifteen, I'm just gonna call myself a Yellowknifer. Forget. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is home, and um, yeah, it's a place where I have a family. We have like such a strong group of friends here. Um, that kind of like stems from like our core group of friends out into like the rest of the community and so just feel very connected and people here are wicked and it's yeah, now there's, I don't know. there's absolutely like, zero degrees of separation in yellow night yeah, you know and exactly. it's like um like we're facebook friends and i see you post things on facebook and it's just funny like i can be like oh that's my friend that's my friend and it's like oh and then people respond to yours on another it's just like it's so connected and it's like it if is. you you want something you're like oh i need this for a photo shoot it's like 15 people right away i know on. yeah yeah it's, it's no uh it's not hard to get uh get things done it's it's like facebook is the the classified ads of yelling you know? <laughs> yeah exactly i need something or it's whatever it's like people will respond right away yeah and um so like as far as I can tell, and I have no idea really, but you're doing great in your photo career. I mean, I've seen lots of your projects. You do amazing work. And um, I think, I mean, it, is it fair to say that kind of like community and the connections and how you can build them so easily here, like has helped you? Or do you feel like being in a larger center would be something that you need now at this, you know, 15 year mark? Yeah, I think, I think this is home and this is where um, I've kind of, cut my chops and it's kind of it's the place where I started my career and um it's been super helpful in in doing that and building like a portfolio and building uh relationships with people and 
um, I actually, I think now people like down south, like photo editors and uh, exhibitors and stuff, uh, they know that my body of work is kind of northern specific. And I, I did that on purpose just to like, I have no real interest in like shooting stuff in the south. Even when I go on holidays, I like shoot, I don't even bring a camera. I just bring my iPhone Yeah. because that's like time off. And it's not really what I want to document as my career. So I think the north is like where I do my work. Um, and it's just the relationships that I've built has suit, like helped out crazy amount of like, yeah, like you said, building these connections and, um, being able to travel all over the North. And if you think about it, the North is just a small, it's a small city in a massive just, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> territory. Like it's, it's crazy. My hometown is the size of the entire population of the NWT. Yeah, it's yeah, like, we're the size of like, and that's know, a small town in Ontario. The southern states, is, yeah. You know. So it's insane. So I mean, I love it here. I don't have any desire to really go back down south. Um, I don't even know how I do down there. Like it might be just too competitive, and people are just you know, it's hard. It's harder, I think, and um, it, I just find the north more interesting. Yeah, and I find very much what you do as opposed to if someone was being a photographer down south and their portfolio was, you know, weddings or portraits or something like you're actually, it's like what you do is a completely different thing. It's almost like a public service that's needed because there's so many of these communities that for, you know, are just starting to have people visit them and like just starting to get their stories to the outside world. And a person like you who gets that like reputation can then become like, and especially the way you do it, like in a respectful way, becomes a medium to get these stories out, you know, which are there's so many amazing hidden stories. Ab in there, absolutely. Right? And I think like there's photographers like that have been in the north for a long time. Renee Fumalo is one. Um, Tessa McIntosh, Fran Hercom. Yeah. Um, these like really great Yellowknife photographers that don't really I don't know if they do too much shooting anymore. I know Renee doesn't because he's 90 something years old. <laughs> but um just the way that they capture the North. And when I was an editor at Up Here Magazine, I would go through like our archives and, and just past issues and I'd see their names. And just the way that they photographed the North wasn't staged, it wasn't, you know, it was authentic. And I, I appreciated that. And it was like a, a history or an archive of what the North was like from, you know, the 1980s through to the late 90s. And then it kind of stopped. And then when I came, I was like, that's cool. I would love to like just try to emulate that style and that look and kind of continue on because the North is changing and it's just good to, you know, it's good to document that stuff for the community, first of all, um, and to keep a record of, of how the North is changing contemporary times, really. And, and you're right, it gets my, um, it gives me access to tell a lot of cool stories about Yellowknife and about the North and people are still blown away by it when you try when you pitch that to like you know canadian geographic or mclean's or new york times or whatever it might be um there's still like this romantic thought about the north and it's good to be a part of that and be able to share that right so yeah it's cool yeah and i, I imagine you always kind of have to deal with that balance of like you know you're pitching this to Southerners and it gets romanticized and they, you know, probably have little to no understanding. And then you go to this community and it's like, I, 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 and I mean, perhaps that's why I like photojournalism so much because, you know, if you're doing it ethically and you're not staging this, like it's, 
it doesn't you know get lost in translation i mean it maybe it does but yeah it's it's a very honest medium when you take someone's photo for sure and it's um and it's good to have like i'm not from here uh, originally and i but i do consider y'all and i my home now and it will be um but i i have a, a problem with people coming up from like the states and doing and sticking around for a day and then fucking off and going back down to new york and being like oh here's a big story about Yellowknife for the houseboaters and mm -hmm. it's like totally cheeseball and it's fake and i think we all know that living yeah. in Yellowknife because we're so like bombarded with reality tv shows and stuff it's like that absolutely mm -hmm. insane how much you know yeah. disingenuous content comes out of Yellowknife. It's, it's so weird yeah. for being such a genuine place and community with amazing stories that don't need to be bullshitted, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so it's good to like just kind of stand up and be like, you know, let's let's just do our own. Let's have our own stories told. And um, so I'm trying to do that. But I also am trying to encourage other photographers in and around the north to to tell their own stories, too. Like I do a mentorship program. Um, right now I'm mentoring Mason Mantla, so I want him. Yeah, I know Mason. Yeah, Mantla. he's great. Been and, in touch with him through Dead North. He's yeah, amazing. He's like, great. You know? So I like I'm trying to encourage him to like, to you know, use photography as a way to tell a story about his communities and his experiences, um, to even get even more authentic than my experience, which is much different, right? So, it's a yeah, it's like just northern voices telling northern stories is kind of what the the goal is. Yeah, no, I think that's a very admirable goal. And I, I mean, Mason Manla is, uh, you know, dead north uh, kind of veteran. That's right. Yeah, and this year you're, the other project that I've been somewhat involved in and I'm super excited about is this year you are leading the dead north photo challenge. You want to you tell yeah. me about that is a bit? So uh, dead north, if anyone doesn't know about it, you're weird <laughs> and you have no place <laughs> in this community. Just kidding. Yeah, the dead north, I don't know if, uh, it's yeah, like, the only people who listen to this are our friends. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Um, so yeah, you know, my mom. Work. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hi, mom. Um, yeah, so this year we're adding a photo component to it, and it's just going to be photographers or whoever wants. Like, you can just do a photo. We'll blow it up, and we'll put it at our pop-up shop slash exhibit space slash green room, whatever you want to call it, and people will come and vote on them anonymously and the winner who gets the most likes or checks or whatever we want to do uh, will get a zombear so it's just in like an added feature to the whole festival experience yeah and and i think it's actually kind of trying to capture something really important and uh i i actually think dead north should do this a little more is that the most amazing thing to me about dead north is it's not the end product a lot of the films are shit all of my films are shit but it's like the connections i've made and the skills i've made and the like bustle in the community and the facts i have friends in dawson now who make films and i can call them up and like all these people like you know in the last weekend will be in womp like learning how to edit and you're like how to do this on google and the amount of skills and connection that comes out of it is just amazing and i you know that doesn't get represented in the end product, how much work and community went into it. And I do like this idea of there being like photographers documenting that behind the scenes because it's, yeah. it's really the heart of dead North to me. For sure. And we, we're trying to encourage more of that to like, you know, we wanted to do a behind the scenes reel, but it's a lot to ask of people when you're like freezing your nuts off outside and there's a lot going on. 
but yeah, you're right. Those are like the things that matter is not really the end product, but like just the experience and giving other people experience to like shoot stuff and to be filmmakers and to have your shit on screen in a movie theater with like a packed house. Like that's pretty rad. And uh, I don't think there's any other film festival really like it that does that kind of thing, to be honest. And all the, the judges that we do get every year, they've been blown away. Yeah. And we get some pretty big names and they are always like, this is the best festival I've been to because it's honest. It's like giving people opportunities. It's funny. It's silly. Some of it's shit. Some of it's amazing. It kind of runs the gamut and that's really cool. Yeah. And when you're in the theater, everyone's chatting and it's just like the connections. I mean, we last year we filmed Arsenic Wars together yeah. and you filmed it and it's just yeah. like, I get to work with a professional photographer for on a movie. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And then like I've done projects with Jay who like, this is his life, you know, yeah. and he's a professional too. And then it's like me who knows nothing. It's like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. It's just like so much cool. It's awesome. And you get to meet a lot of people and yeah, it's just like bounce idea. And you know, it's just super fun. And that's and it gets us through the winter, like in a lot of ways. It's just like a creative, creative outlet. Yeah, and it's 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 actually like right now I find this time of year, which is like you know typically the most depressing. It's actually like I'm doing Dead North in two weeks. This weekend's burlesque, which a bunch of people are involved in. Then it becomes Snowcastle season, and there's an event every night. You know, it's just yeah. like it's so funny. This like coming to the north and thinking you're going to like be in a cabin writing a book and be isolated <laughs> and then you know all of a sudden Yellowknife's just this bustling community and you're sick of socializing so much oh i know yeah sometimes you're just like all right i need to like throw in my sunglasses and my hoodie and and pretend no but then they'll bug you anyway like what are you doing with your hoodie up like fuck, <laughs> nothing let's just go for a coffee yeah exactly no yeah. you just can't escape sometimes and, and then it becomes my our escape becomes like going to a giant city where there's millions of people and then you're like oh wow exactly. and an enemy that's like hasn't happened in a while yeah we went to uh me heidi uh Cameron McEachern, a couple other friends cam marcina and belinda went to mexico a couple weeks ago which is awesome it was great but it was just like i don't know anyone here it's super weird <laughs> and a little bit nice but then after a while everyone is super friendly there by the way it kind of reminded me of here a bit they're very helpful like they knew we were tourists obviously but um yeah it's nice to escape every once in a while but I, I like coming back yeah whenever i go on vacation i you know you have those first two days of like cultural adaption where you like have to stop thinking you know everyone you're like in a restaurant looking around for who you know like i because you walk into the wood yard and it's like oh which table of friends am i gonna sit with oh you know? no yeah yeah it's <laughs> like you can go anywhere in town and just like sit down and you're bound to like just run into someone and, and you're never alone never lonely <laughs> yeah exactly um and then the other kind of thing i just love about that yellow knife community is that in a lot of ways it, it, i mean it has like pros and cons and that like everyone knows your business and you know at times you would like to like you know maybe i could have some secrets in my my life that would be nice but <laughs> i could go and be anonymous but I think in that it like it creates the way people approach a lot of problems in their life. They kind of are very mature about them in that like you can't break up with someone in this town and not be friends with them because it's like you're going to see them everywhere. And, and that's one of my the things I've learned in my you know short time in Yellowknife that like every relationship you have in Yellowknife ripples out because it's like you're going to interact with that person and, you know, they're going to interact with everyone else. For sure. And yeah, it's, it's it's like not, um, 
Yeah, it's not like living in Vancouver or Toronto <clears throat> where you can, like, say F off to someone and you'll never see them again. Like, yeah. you're bound to see someone. And, yeah, I think this town is just, like, a bridge-building place, and nobody wants to burn their bridges yeah, for that a, reason. There's a huge accountability in that. Like, imagine yeah. if you did this photo journal thing about the houseboats and just, like, pissed a bunch of people off. Like, it would yeah, just, yeah. you know, it would affect the rest of your life. For sure. Cause... I, I knew uh, there's a photographer that I know who uh, was born and raised in the North, and he, like, went and did a story, and it was, like, Granted, it was like a story that needed to be told, and he kind of pissed off the community. And I don't think he's allowed back there, which really sucks. And you know, you can't go back to your hometown because no one likes you. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's just like a lot. Yeah, you can't can't really piss too many people off, but you can also piss people off. People piss people off all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, people get over it too. Well, yeah, you have to get over it for yeah. practicality's sake. Yeah. But it's I well, and it's something that I think just it it makes you almost a more ethical person in so many interactions because it's always on your mind like oh I can't just tell this person to fuck off and never do it yeah. and it's something I've been like largely exploring it's like I always say things on this podcast because it's just verbal diarrhea and I'll be talking shit about you know house motors <laughs> or something I'm like oh god I can't say that like right. you know and I'll like catch myself like edit, oh edit, I edit. yeah yeah <laughs> well I, I put it out anyways because no one's listening but yeah. I, you have to like think about how you say it, yeah. things and like there's so many identities around the north that are like, so like you know fundamental to people and like yeah. you can't just belittle them or ignore them like you have to treat that respectfully for sure i mean ethically and to function in the city of yellow Knight. totally i think i think yellow, the north actually is such a good example of how um people of different backgrounds can really work together and to really respect each other there's a, a rally that i went to um it was for the colton bushi uh trial uh sentencing hearing yeah and um, there was a rally after that, and a woman pointed out, and because there are so many white people and so many indigenous people at this rally, said, let's look around our community. We live in a pretty fucking cool place where white people, indigenous, black, Filipino, we can all stand in a circle together and, and recognize a tragedy, whereas this shit doesn't exist in wherever that happens, Saskatchewan. And she's super right. Like, I haven't been to a place in Canada where people can get along so well and recognize differences in other cultures, especially in the indigenous community. I think, I yeah, think it's I, pretty good. I absolutely agree. And it's like, I mean, obviously, colonialism is still alive and well in the north, and it's just so new. But I think part of, you know, being a northerner is not just your 15 years or whatever the time limit is. It's that, like you know whose land you are and and you know to respect the communities and when someone says something racist it's just like it's not even tolerated like yeah. there's like these uh, to me there's almost check boxes of like you know the like defending the seal hunt is one like there's always northerners on facebook of like every community who are just like fuck off southerner people this yeah. is like something we'll defend you know and yeah. there's just these check boxes of like get on board or like get the fuck out exactly <laughs> exactly I... and it, yeah you're right like it does like there's tons of problems and we have a lot of issues to work on but i do think that we're we could be leading the charge in how um how to work on like reconciliation and stuff like that if if we just put it out there and like if people recognize you know some of the little things that that people do in the north um but i mean 
you know, that's as long as we're doing it and trying anyway, that's, I guess, what matters most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Pat, I think uh, I'm going to wrap it up here on the Dispatches from the Scandamaniac podcast. Cool. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this thanks. is uh, fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking my photo. I look forward to seeing them, and I'll see you at Dead North. Sounds good. Uh, signing off. <laughs>